profit is not cash. I'm conscious saying I'm going to launch a Facebook ad today. Everyone can only handle racing. I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in restrictions. What do you actually want out of your business? You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Galilla Springer. For your industry, by your industry. After two years of major disruptions at all levels, business included, disruptions nowadays seem to feel more frequent and come with more intricate long-term impacts and or consequences. With that can come a lot of feelings, insecurity, fear, whatever that is. And in that state, we can panic, move too fast. When the world spins, often the best thing you can do is actually to slow things down, to clarify your thinking and direct your efforts. In those moments, we need to build or strengthen our networks and rely on them. As leaders, we need to find the courage to overcome constant obstacles, do service for others, and drive change. Two of my favorite reads in the past two, three years come to mind. Stillness is the key and courage is calling both by one of the world's foremost thinkers and writers on ancient philosophy and its place in everyday life, Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday actually spoke at the Salon Owner Summit 2019, and one of the main insights he had shared with attendees back then was the following. We can't always control what happens, but we always have control over how we respond. Stoicism isn't the absence of emotion, but the calming and control of emotion. And if a leader isn't doing this, then who is? Inspired by a presentation titled Real Client Insights That Will Change Your Business, delivered by CEO of Forrest Ronan Percival at Ethos in Atlantic City earlier this year, my guest today, one of the most celebrated and awarded artists in beauty, an outstanding role model, and recently announced Salon Owner Summit 2023 speaker, Gino Stampora happily agreed to further reflect on the challenges ahead of this industry, celebrate its resilience, and offer his many layers of industry experience and stories along the way. People are people, all people, and all people want value. All people want respect. And if you think like the customer, money becomes an object. But if you think like the professional, if you can just provide great value, you can take people away from money. Most leaders talk about spending the bulk of their time putting out fires. When I think the important thing to do is not allow a fire to start, (laughs) you know, I'm most proud of my industry and and what we do and and who I am and what I do for it. And I think if people build on that and try to help themselves learn that they are of extreme value, it would make a tremendous difference. As an industry expert, speaker, coach, consultant, salon educator, major platform artist and owner himself, Gino Stampora has made major contributions to the beauty industry. Some key highlights in his career include owning, managing, and working behind the chair in his collection of salons, owning two beauty academies where he also instructed, sharing stages with the world's greatest artists, consulting with manufacturers and educating industry artists and salespeople all over the world, training thousands of salons worldwide, authoring Success Dynamics, an award-winning beauty academy textbook, writing the best-selling CDs in the industry, adventures in creative hairdressing and achieving salon success, and he continues to contribute to beauty by keeping the creative juices of beauty professionals flowing. One of only 27 beauty professionals in history, Gino is inducted in the North American Hairstylist Awards Hall of Leaders. 
It is truly an honor to have him join the show. And so without further ado, Gino, I'm so glad we get the opportunity to sit down, chat, and offer this conversation to the community of Forest FM listeners, which you are also a part of. I hear you're a big fan. Yes, I am. I, uh, I am in love with this company and everybody I've met so far through the company. Very exciting. So has the excitement about coming to Dublin for the Salon Owners Summit this coming January kicked in yet? Yeah, you know, I can't wait. Uh, I plan on creating an epic presentation and I'm looking forward to being back in Dublin and seeing everybody. And, you know, uh, with the way things are today, it's just so nice to be together again. Yeah. There's really something, Zoe, about beauty professionals having an opportunity to just share with each other, you know? Yeah. And I feel like educators in the last two years have been robbed of like that, I guess, like that adrenaline that you get going on stage, ready to deliver uh, a presentation, a workshop, whatever it is. Um, the, uh, you know, in-person exchange and of energy even um, is very different when you're delivering a presentation on Zoom. Has that been a part of educating that you've been missing? It was crazy, uh, yes. And, you know, I, I'm an older gentleman, so I feel like I was stripped of two years of my life, two years of my of my success, of my passion. But on the other mm. side, I really used it to uh, study, learn, read, grow. Yeah. What's one book that you would have read in, in the last, like, two years that kind of changed maybe your mindset? We have people talking about books all the time on the show, and I, I'd be curious to to put one an extra one on my reading list now. <laughs> I'd say any I'd say right now anything by Jim Fix. Jim Fix right now seems to have a hold on where we are and, and what we need and where we're going. Almost like years ago, I used to tell everyone, absorb Malcolm Gladwell. He yes. he he really had a hold, you know? Yeah. And everybody has their 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 few years where they're right on top of it. So Yeah, I do love Malcolm Gladwell. I haven't read anything by um, Jim Fix. Jim Fix. Jim Fix. I'm so yeah. bad with names. Yeah. <laughs> Any, anything, anything you read, you'll love. Amazing. I love it. I love a good author recommendation. Do you know, I want to bring it back to the live presentation aspect of things. You were in Atlantic City earlier this year. You also delivered a talk at Ethos. Um, you met, that's where you met our CEO, Ronan Percival. And um, he was delivering a presentation that you were telling me you were blown away by. Um, in that presentation, he shared that the consumer of 2022 is more concerned about referrals and reputation than price and convenience. And that how they feel about their hair is three times more important than how much it costs when it comes to how often they come in. Was that a surprise to you? And for those listening, just to put a bit of context, these numbers came from Forrest's most recent global consumer survey of thousands of guests matched with data from 10,000 salons. Uh, I don't know that I was expecting it, but it really wasn't surprising to me. It's something that I've basically known all along. And I loved when Ronan talked. I thought, you know, we very much share the same likeness, even mm -hmm. though his is a survey. Uh, I always talk about value, Zoe, and I think that, uh, you know, most hairdressers, become salon owners because they're busy hairdressers. So they're not necessarily great salon owners for a long time. And they don't quite understand the concept of value. They tend to sometimes think more like the customer. And if you think like the customer, money becomes an object. But if you think like the professional, if you can just provide great value, mm. you can take people away from money. 
So I, I really enjoyed that. And of course, I, I think people are even today more consumed than ever with having the added confidence of knowing you look your best. Yeah. You know, that you've got a, that you've got a, a do that makes you feel cool or makes you feel special or makes you feel confident. So uh, mm-hmm. I loved those points. I, I thought it was wonderful. And, and I also think that uh, customers, they don't think as much about money as we do. Yeah. And we make a big thing out of that when the reality is that, you know, it's there. It's true. Yeah. And I think you've nailed something on the head right there when you're speaking to the experience and its impact on, you know, how we, uh, the value we put on how we feel and look after an appointment. And we probably have, you know, social media to thank for amplifying that. But I think it's always been there and it's very, um, it's something to, to, to really keep in mind, I think. And, you know, I I uh, I don't want to take too much time with stories, and I am a storyteller, but I have a great story that I share many times from the stage or even in my larger in-salon seminars where I talk about everyone on Saturday after work maybe goes to a restaurant for dinner. And sometimes you'll go to a restaurant, you'll look at the menu, and, and you'll be shocked at the price. Mm-hmm. But then the but then you look at the silverware and you look at the table and you look at the glasses and you you have a tremendous waiter or waitress that comes over. The wait staff is outstanding. They explain the special makes your mouth water. That alone takes you beyond money. So yeah. I think if you really understand having a deep love and passion for what you do, connecting well with your customer, uh, it makes it easy. Yeah, I think so. So in terms of like the customer, um, just before we move on to more like resilience in business and all that kind of stuff that we we discussed, we would, what do you find remarkable or fascinating about the customer or guest of today in 2022, just based on like how, you know, successful and, and, and for how, how long you've been in the industry? Like I, I'm assuming the guest's personality or behavior has changed over that time. So what do you find fascinating about the guest of today? To some degree, I don't know, because I don't think we've established that yet. We know Mm. that that COVID has caused changes, and it's caused people to think and act differently. But I don't know that anybody really has a hold on what will be the long-term effect of having had COVID being stuck in the house or or having the challenges at work. And, you know, we've had an incredible last two years. But I think if, if you work a little backwards and realize that People are people, all people, and all people want value. All people want respect. All people want to feel safe and comfortable. And, you know, we mentioned earlier about fun. I think all people want to have fun. I think it's important to to bring fun into everyday life. So I don't know that I know exactly what might be different about the customer yet, but I think if you look at a few key cornerstones, there's a way to get and keep every customer that you want. Provide great value, you know, show great respect, stay with your guests from the minute they get there till the minute they leave. Try to mm-hmm. take the time to educate them on on hair, skin, nails, products, and all of that stuff adds up to uh, a, an incredible, memorable occasion. You know, I often mm-hmm. tell people that my my main goal behind the chair in the salon was I wanted to be your dinner story. 
I wanted you to go home and talk about Gino and talk about his salon and talk about how safe and comfortable you felt and how well he listened, you know? Yeah, I love that. And I think you've, you know, you've hinted there at a a very human insight, you know, like we all at the end of the day just want to feel cared for, appreciated, listened to, like heard, you know, and seen. Yeah, yeah. And probably now. Pretty much more than ever, Zoe. Yeah. I think people, that's, you know, basically what they're looking for today. And, you know, the, the Hard Rock Hotel and Hard Rock Cafe, their motto is love all, serve all. Mm. And I used to always share with my staff and coworkers, you know what, let's just love all and serve all and try, try to have a, a servant's mentality and really treat them with the utmost in knowing that if you create an opportunity for them, if you give them a story to talk about, you're absolutely going to be busy and build on your business. Yeah. Well, do you know, you've had an immensely successful career um, behind the chair as an educator, you know, like the list goes on, <laughs> but um, you mentioned fun and that I, I, I want to segue into what you were talking about at Interquafure what is it five years ago already in 2017 yeah bad at math but i think that's five years um and you talked about the keys the main keys to business success and in that you had the four f's and one of them was fun um what were the three others and can you define maybe those four f's like why do you find those are the key to success and are they still the key to success in business five years later i believe if you look at fundamentals some fundamentals never change. Everything very much, everything kind of stays the same. So are they applicable today? In some ways, they're even more applicable today than they were five years ago. But, you know, of course, you can get a sense of me. I have a thing about fun. And I think it, it's a it's a leader's job, an owner's job to make work fun, make the workplace mm-hmm. fun, make the floor fun, have fun with your client, make your client laugh. When people laugh, they actually become inspired. They breathe better. So the, I think the second one was to be fair. And I think it's so important to be fair with everyone. You've got to be careful in a leadership position that you're not always oiling the squeaky wheel. Sometimes you got to look at the wheels that are turning real well and say to them, gosh, you know, your wheels are really turning. You stay on track. You're you're really you're on the right path. So it's important to be fair to everyone and give a little time to everyone. The same as in speaking about a guest, Mm -hmm. I have a real thing about never leaving your guest. When when your guest comes, you should bond to that guest until they leave. Right. 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 And then I think the third one was frequency, and I think that we have to be careful to understand that the greatest compliment a, a, a guest can pay us, the greatest way we can see that we're on target is that the guest reschedules for their next appointment. And yeah. I think it's so important that you, which is, by the way, what I loved about Forrest, and I love that Ronan talked about that that Forrest software helps people keep track of frequency and keep track of how many people are rescheduling and making rescheduling so much easier. I mean, that's using technology to the best of your ability. So I hope I answered that clearly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think the yeah. fourth one that you haven't talked about is freedom. Yes. How does that play into to the landscape? Yes. You know, everyone deserves the right to be who they are. 
And everyone deserves the right to 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 work the way they 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 kind of want to work within your frame. I'm not saying that they can go out and be on their own, but within your framework, everyone has, and it's important that everyone has the feeling of freedom. Let let's let's let freedom ring. You know, let let's mm. bring it out. And I think people should be invited to feel that their freedom allows them to make suggestions and comments and things we can do. You know, if we all aim at being better inside the salon, delivering better service, selling better retail, understanding each other's dialogue, you know, talking clearly, that all makes a difference. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are realizing that, you know, trying to really dig deep into understanding what their staff want, what resilience looks like, um, how can they make work better? How can they build a a salon team that thrives, a business that thrives? And I, so I was reading an article on resilience in business, right? Preparing for this. And I'd love your take on how certain points it brought up would apply to salons and spas. The first point was lesson from past crises should inform innovative, adaptable solutions to future disruptions. What's an example of a crisis that you've lived through, say, 10 or 20 years ago that we can still learn from? I think I think we all have crises. I've had many crises, mental, physical, looking at my salon. And I think you hit on a great point, Zoe, but prior to COVID, no one was really taking the time to evaluate how they were doing what they do. And I think now we're really in a state where people are evaluating. And I think when you and I talked, I mentioned this is probably the greatest time ever to make sure you're doing things right, because the cost of doing business is so high that you've got to make sure you're you're hitting your numbers and you're really paying attention to what's going on and being a little more, even a little more of a business person. So I, I kind of feel good about that. In, in learning from crisis, when you mentioned about people not growing, you know, all growth comes outside the comfort zone. So you've mm-hmm. got to be uncomfortable to grow and strive and, and look further, go further. And I think a lot of people stopped that for a while, and now it's kind of happening again. But the greatest thing to learn from this last crisis is be prepared for crisis. Put a little money aside. Yeah. You know, save you know, save money for a rainy day. Everybody has rainy days. So I think it's important. I guess the answer would be make sure you're doing things right. You're really tracking what's happening. And next, be prepared for, uh, well, first of all, and I don't want to get deep into it, but listen, COVID's going nowhere. It just keeps changing. And there's a new variant all the time. So we're going to have to learn how to deal with and navigate this uh, on a daily basis, uh, both keeping the safety and health of our staff and making sure that our clients are based are the kind of the same way. So, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. you're touching upon the next kind of point, I guess, um, which said managing disruptions defines sustainable growth more than managing continuity. How do you feel about that? I love it because you're going to have disruptions all the time. Most leaders talk about spending the bulk of their time putting out fires. Mm. When I think the important thing to do is not allow a fire to start, <laughs> you know, <laughs> really there, there's yeah. a, there's, there's a great process of thinking and it's called 
becoming a before-the-fact thinker, during-the-fact thinker, or after-the-fact thinker. I think most leaders, most hairdressers, most beauty professionals have to become before-the-fact thinkers. Let's just think, what if this happened? You know, What would we do next? How would we handle that? And let's try to have a, uh, a, a path to navigate, a roadmap to follow. How do you lean into that kind of mindset? Because if it doesn't come naturally, I'd say it's pretty hard to just, you know, like flip a switch. Um, How do you, like, what are ways that you can help yourself become a before-the-fact thinker? It is hard. You're exactly right. And especially for most of us, because we're, we're beauty professionals, we're artists in, in many ways. And, and an artist will, will always speak before they think, even to themselves. It has to become mm-hmm. a habit, a process, a discipline. And your discipline is, before I make a statement, where will that statement lead? Before I go into the salon, what if there was a disruption? How would I handle it? You have to almost make it become a habit that you will actually take the time, stop the world, and think for a minute, you know, what if? And one of the things I tell my friends all the time is, look, if you got a speeding ticket on the highway, odds are that you, you had after-the-fact thinking. You, you were pulled over and thought, oh, well, I was speeding. But if you had before-the-fact thinking, you'd say to yourself, I probably shouldn't speed because I might get a ticket right. and I can't afford it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, building habits, eh? It's hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, it is hard. It is, it, it's, it's not easy. And the, the, the good part about it is uh, when you talk about resiliency, People are resilient. We are so resilient. Most people don't realize. Listen, uh, as an educator, I think my greatest tool and the greatest reason why I keep my my extreme passion for beauty is I believe when I look at an audience, I look at the greatness within them, and mm-hmm. I look at how do I find a way to help them bring the greatest the the greatness out of them to to be the best that they can be and and that's really what drives me and I think if you understand that that a habit can be developed you know and and you can change there's a lot of things to change yeah 100% um so there's one last statement that I'd love and this is probably the one that I was most excited for um because the salon industry, you know, runs on networks. Um, it said networks hide interdependencies, accelerating crises, although they can also enable faster recovery. How do you feel that that has, you know, it, do you feel that that applies to the salon industry? And if so, in what way? Uh, yes, I think it does. And uh, mainly I would say that, uh, Throughout, when 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 there's a crisis, when COVID first started, everybody went home and pulled down their shades and and started to hide. And mm-hmm. hiding is very irresponsible for for any business. Um, what you need to do is develop an active line of communication and communicate effectively with everyone and let them know what's up. You know, we're navigating COVID. Uh, I created a letter years ago for salons to put on the front door saying, based on COVID restrictions, here's what we've done. And kind of make yeah. it clear to everyone that that uh, the first thing I started out saying is that beauty professionals understand sanitation. It's the first thing we learn in beauty school. You know, we learn yeah. how to not get the flu. You know, so 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 we're good at that. But I think a lot of yeah. people got quiet instead of you've got to really 
not just rely on, but use your network and stay in contact with your with your network and practice networking. One of the things I talk about is marketing in the beauty industry is a 365-day-a-year, 24-hour-a-day campaign. It should never go away. You should always be marketing beauty yourself, your products, your ideas, your services, the, the things that they do. So I, I love that one, too, because I think people forget the importance of just staying in touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know what, I think, I think it was in early 2020 when things went, um, when everyone kind of went into lockdown at the same time. Uh, one of the questions that we, we often got, um, at Forest and, and we created quite a bit of content around it was like, how do I stay connected to my clients? Like if we're all, if we're all in lockdown, if we're all at home, how do I stay connected? And I was like, well, how do you stay connected to like a friend that someone or someone who lives far away or in another country? Like it's, you know, there's, there's fundamental principles that you can just bring into that. And I think, I think you're right. You know, like, I think, um, we kind of forgot the, the, the value of networks and how to connect in a certain way. Like it just became so interconnected with social media or like our phones or whatever. How do we, how do we manage? Like if we can't see each other? Yeah. I was like, well, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, the, the reality is we all have now uh, an email yeah. list. I keep a constant right here, right next to me. I keep a constant call log. Who do I have to call this week? You know, who do I want to just touch base with and say, hello, how are you doing? How's everything? Just want you to know I'm thinking about you. We've got texting and, you know, Forrest uses texting phenomenally, mm-hmm. you know, in, in building business, but even just in staying in touch. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So I guess in terms of like building resiliency, um, you know, you, you were saying we all are way more resilient than we think we are. And I think that is very true. Um, but if we understand building resilience, like in the industry as a whole, to be something that needs to also come from like different levels, you know, like it needs to come from, there's certain things that need to come from the society or from government level, levels or from the industry, um, you know, like associations and stuff. How, like, what broader role do you think salons and spas play in their communities or should play? Oh, I think that's a great question. And I don't want to take too much time, but I'll tell you, uh, I think the greatest place in, in the world is a beauty salon. I think the greatest place in the world is a spa. I think there's no place better. I used to say to my staff, our salons are sacred ground. This Mm. is sacred ground. And on sacred ground, you talk about the good in people, not the bad. You talk about the greatness in each other, not what's not working. So I think we provide a, a, a value that I believe today, and I will talk about this in Dublin, uh, I believe we're more valuable to customers than we've ever been before because now they understand the, the network, uh, the opportunity to go to a salon and learn about all that's happening in the community. You know, you, the, you know, we're we're the people that have a lot of answers. You know, for <laughs> and we know everybody. You know, we we yeah. know everything that's going on. You know, that's so true. you know, I, I often uh, when sometimes when we go on vacation and I get I get tired of my family that they'll always say to me, you know. <laughs> what do you want to do? And I said, I'm just going to go to a salon and say hello and see my people and smell the developer and, and see the feel of money. And, and, and well, what if you don't know them? I said, you bring a pizza. If you bring a pizza to any salon, they love to see you, you know, they'll, they'll love to have you. So, and I have to say that, that I think many salon owners and 
beauty professionals, they lose sight of how incredibly valuable we are and mm. how sacred we are. And I think if, if you keep that in the forefront of your mind, the way you operate is different. And, and yeah. the, the, the second part of what you, you asked, Zoe, I think we all have to work at being masters of what we do. You know, I am a master hairdresser. I'm a master educator. I'm a master speaker. You are a master podcast presenter, no doubt about it. And and I think you can have a master shampoo assistant. You can have a master cleanup person. You can, you know, but people need to work on, I think, what is the greatest question in the world, and that's this. What is it I don't know that if I did know would make a difference in what I'm trying to become? Hmm. What do I need to fill in this head of mine that's going to make me feel fulfilled in who and what I am? So I think it's important that that at this time, all beauty professionals look over who they are, what they do, how they do what they do, and how could they do it better? How could they be a master and be able to say that to someone at the bar? What do you do? Well, I'm a master hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Well, right? I want to touch upon that a little bit more because um, you said, you know, like, a lot you feel like a lot of salon owners and beauty professionals tend to forget the their own value i guess and and do you think that is maybe due to just the general vision that society has of the industry and maybe mixed in with like limiting beliefs where do yeah, you think that well, comes from uh the industry is seen today far better than it ever was before. I mean, when I, when I went to beauty school, my friends were like, what? For what? You know, what, what are you doing? And I, you know, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm great. I said, I'm so, I'm so lucky that I fell into <laughs> beauty school. I mean, I just went to get my hair cut, you know, and all of a sudden. So yeah. I, I do think that, that the way our industry is seen is certainly a part of it. I think the way we see ourselves is, is also a part of it. And, you know, you hit on, uh, limiting beliefs can really affect, you know, who you are and how you feel inside and, and where you feel your value really comes from and what is your contribution to mankind and, and to the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. So I think at times you need to look at yourself and say, I, I can be so much more. I, I can do so much more. There's, there's really so much more inside of me that I need to bring out. But also I think that most beauty professionals don't have a solid foundation in education. Uh, most of us, especially the, mm. the people you'll find that are my age, I mean, I didn't graduate high school and, and most didn't. You know, we, we were more involved with beauty and colors than we were with numbers. You know, I wanted to have art class all day long. I didn't want to go to history, English, and all those, you know, boring things. So I think that adds to it too. But, but I, 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 I do believe that I'm most proud of my industry and, and what we do and, and who I am and what I do for it. And I think if people build on that and, and, and try to help themselves learn that they are of extreme value, it would make a tremendous difference. Mm-hmm. I right? think so too. Yeah. yeah. I think anyone listening to this podcast episode and you specifically will feel inspired and I think will have a better, you know, opinion of themselves just listening back to this and thinking about their own careers. <laughs> Wonderful. That's my job. <laughs> yeah, no, but honestly, like, I remember, you know, I think it was Patty, was it Patty or Ronan? I can't remember who in Forrest um, 
was like, you need to have Gino on the show. I've seen him in Atlantic City. He's amazing. I think it might have been Joe, actually, Joe DeFalco. And he was like, uh-huh. you have to talk to Gino. And I was like, let's do it. And honestly, I, I can I can 100% see why they felt that way. And I haven't even seen you on stage yet. So <laughs> I'm excited for January. Oh, wonderful. Well, be sure and thank them for me and thank you. There's nothing like a great referral. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in this industry, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, so just coming back, I guess, to disruptions and, and that kind of like topic, what are we talking about concretely when um, we talk about strengthening the infrastructure? Like, how do you ensure you not only bounce back or recover, but also thrive again and again and again? And also, is there any like risk management practices that you know of, you know, in the salon industry that um, can serve as a baseline to build off of? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's a hard question to answer. And I believe it's much different today than it was even two or three years ago. And I believe the world has changed. The world is Mm -hmm. different. The world will never be the same. So don't be looking at when will we get back to some sense of normalcy. It's done. It's over. There, You have to learn now how to navigate and live with constant disruptions. There's going to be something every day. So you've got to kind of strengthen yourself for uh, being able to handle the next, next obstacle. And don't let the obstacle rock you. You know, you've got, mm-hmm. to, got to kind of get in front of those things. But I also believe it, it's a great indication and a great reason why it's important to really pay attention to your numbers, to pay attention to the strength of the salon. Are you still building? I mean, people still have money. People still want to look good. There's still an opportunity to thrive and grow. And especially if we can become that sanctuary, that place where they want to go, where they get away from the world and they can just have fun, loosen up, take a couple deep breaths and look good all at the same time, you know, not have to spend, you know, I used to say to my staff all the time, listen, nobody's going to lose their house or car by spending a couple hundred dollars in the salon. So don't be thinking about people's money. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I hope I kind of answered that. I, I think it's very difficult. It, when you talk about risk management, Zoe, I really think that that with all of this happening and everybody's been online and everybody's been on YouTube and everybody gets to Google everything. And, and I've got A-L-E-X-A right over here next to me. I don't want to say her name because she'll start talking to me. <laughs> and she can, she can, she's like one of my best friends and she can pretty much answer anything. So when you've got all this information coming in, you've got mm-hmm. to at least be able to decipher what's true, what's right, what fits for me? What fits for my business? And stop making it hard. You know, I think everyone should have a coach, but I think that the first place to start coaching is to become your own best coach, become your own best teacher, and start with you and then work out from there. So we've made management so very difficult. And the reality is, just treat people great and, and give mm. people what they deserve and take care of your team and, and, and help each other grow. Don't watch somebody drown. Pull them out of the water and, and you know, help them grow and, and give them what they need to be successful. You know, yeah. I think that's really the answer. And I think that, that that's the way we should manage companies today. Yeah, I actually had a, a conversation with a salon owner recently. I think it was either this week or last, saying like, "I don't believe in competition." Absolutely, and it's very hard sometimes to explain 
you're not out to attract every customer. There, there's some customers that, that you don't want. There's some customers that you wish were with the Lord. I mean, there, there are some customers that just don't belong. So your environment and the way that you set up your salon and your furniture and your prices and your music and your atmosphere, that's all going to create what the client is looking for. And, and do they want to come and, and stay with you? Do they, do they feel at home in, inside your company? Um, but I think that when you understand the pyramid, the hierarchy of motivation or the hierarchy of business, what the, the closer you get to the top, of course, the less competition there is. So I've never looked at competition. I, I've always looked at it as if we can just be the best that we can be and understand that when you do things great, when you have best practices all day long, there's a lot of people that won't even do that. You know, I mean, look at your podcast. Yeah. I've been telling everyone I know, you've got to get on and listen to these. There's there's so much information to learn. Some of them are just entertaining, but some of them, when you shut them off, you're like, wow, could I think a little more that way? Could could I add some of that into my repertoire? You know, could I learn how to think that way? And and I, I think that, that you, you just have to be careful in making sure that you're seeking the information that you need. Yeah, right. One hundred percent. Well, speaking of seeking information that you need, you mentioned just earlier talking about, and I won't say her name because she'll start talking to you. Yes. Um, <laughs> but you mentioned about how people search for information online all the time now. And in Ronan's presentation uh, in Atlantic City, he was saying like how clients find a new salon. Seventy-eight percent use digital tools to search. Here's like a potential future disruptive trend, right? If currently, and this is what came out of our survey, 54% of the guests of today would like to book digitally, but only 12% actually do. What if there was a world in potentially the very near future that we shift that to 75% of the guests want to book digitally and actually 50% do. What impacts would that potentially have on the industry and the way salons run their business currently? I love it. Uh, and I don't want to give away my presentation in <laughs> Dublin, uh, but, I, but I do want to share with you uh, everything that happens inside a salon. It happens based on the dialogue, what the, the professional shares with the customer. Mm -hmm. If we could develop a dialogue where every beauty professional shared with every customer, do you know the greatest, one of the greatest compliments you could pay me is to reschedule online. It's very easy. We've got it all prepared. You can just go right on and make your appointment online. The receptionist is not just there to make appointments. The receptionist is there to open and close business dealings and to to to, to take money. And, and, and let's give them a break too. Let's give mm -hmm. the receptionist a break by getting. So what we need is we need a dialogue that that which I would call salon core dialogue. These are the things you have to share with every guest every time. And one of them should be, you know, one of the greatest compliments you could pay our salon is to just go online and reschedule your next appointment mm -hmm. and not bother the receptionist or bother yourself. And I think that there's also a teaching there. It's an opportunity, a teaching opportunity with the guest to say, I know you're a great real estate agent. I don't know real estate, but but I do know hair. I know skin. I know nails. I know this haircut. 
is going to last about five weeks. Yeah. And in five weeks, you're going to need a new haircut. So I'd like you to look at oh, 42 days from now, you're going to really want to be back. So why not go home and, and look at your schedule and then go online and, and, and prepare it, you know, yeah. make that happen. I don't think it's that hard, Zoe, but I think what we really have to understand is just because the owner thinks it's important, doesn't mean the staff thinks it's important. And even if the staff and owner think it's important, it doesn't mean it's going to come across to the customer. So I would suggest a, a dialogue sheet. You know, we used to have a pad that we would create that we would give to the stylist and they would take it's pre-printed. They would take one page off and it says on the paper, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at asking you to buy a bottle of shampoo or conditioner, but if you would buy something, everyone in the salon would be so happy, including me. And I would say to them, if you find you can't ask, just hand the yellow piece of paper to your guest <laughs> and at least give them an option, yeah. you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we could even do something like that with free scheduling. It's a matter now when you're talking earlier about habits, creating a habit in the guest's mind that the greatest way to do this and the best way to do it, the best way you can serve us is to go home and reschedule online. As soon as you look at your schedule and figure out what you're doing, you can always change it, cancel it, you know, move into another one. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So I'm assuming you'll be talking a bit about that at the at your absolutely. presentation in Dublin. Well, speaking yes, of which, um, as a motivational speaker, you bring humor and passion to every event, and you have done this with the podcast as well today, so I thank you for that. Two questions for you, my last two for today. Um, what would you consider to be one of your favorite keynote memories or anecdotes? Mm. I guess the first thing that comes to my mind, and probably really my favorite, when I was a kid in Sunday school, and you've probably seen this uh, online because I know it's on a lot of times. When we had time in Sunday school, at the end of Sunday school, our Sunday school teacher would say, let's make it rain. <laughs> and we would make it rain. And I'm not going to show you how because I'd like to use it in, in Dublin yes. in, in my clothes, but <laughs> we would we would make it rain. So I was asked to speak for the first time about 25 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, at Intercofure. And Intercofure is probably the, well, it is the longest association of successful beauty professionals in the world. And there's some really hard hitters there, heavy hitters that can kind of make you feel a little nervous. So I was told I had a 30-minute presentation. At the end of 30 minutes, I said, thank you very much, and started to walk off the stage. And they said, no, no, you've got another 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, dear God, I don't have another 20. I knew nothing. I, I did my best 30 minutes. I didn't have 20 minutes more. So I came out and I said, well, I, I believe that if you have faith, confidence and belief in your in your, you know, your, your, your products, your services and your ideas, that anything is possible. With faith, confidence, and belief, anything can happen. I believe we can make it rain. So we made it rain and it used up all the time. And I've been known uh, since then as the rainmaker, the rain man. The you rain know. Man. Uh, so Love it. yeah. And we'll probably do. We'll probably do it in Dublin. If uh, I think Ronan and Barry saw it uh, in AC because I did it there, so we'll see if the if they like it, we'll probably close with it. But that would probably be my my greatest uh, memory of speaking. Yeah. Love it. Keeping me on the edge of my seat for another few months. Um, you've unknowingly just made the perfect segue to my last question. 
What do you hope to bring to the Salon Owner Summit 2023? Well, we all need learning. We all need education. We all need inspiration. We all need motivation. We all need to see that we can quickly build that bridge from where we are to where we want to be. And I like to be more the facilitator than the speaker. And I'd like to facilitate within the minds of everyone that comes the opportunity for not only phenomenal success, and I, I don't mean money because I think money is everywhere. And if you get smart enough, you can learn how to make money. You know, it's not that mm-hmm. hard. I think it's fulfillment. You know, you, you, you need to bring to the stage an opportunity for your audience to feel fulfilled in not only who they are and what they do, but more importantly, who they could be and what they could do. So I always talk about greatness, but I think that the most important thing and probably something great to leave you with is I try to share with people that we have an opportunity to discover our complete potential. And I like to share with others, what could you be if you really became aware of your complete potential? So one of my goals, even in this podcast, is how do you deliver 100%? And a lot of people, even listening right now, are saying, well, I do that. Yes, you do. We all do. Everyone does. The key is, how do you deliver 100%, 100% of the time? You, you can't lose sight in, we are as important as a surgeon getting ready to do an operation on a heart. What we do is as important. Not that the the customer is not going to die. They might look weird for a while, but you know, luckily hair and skin and nails grow back. But if you, if you put that kind of pressure on yourself, that, that that's our job, that that is the, the, the primary focus in this mind of mine is, and I I think I told you, I was in this office at this computer at eight o'clock. You updating were. Chrome, looking over the notes. I mean, the, you see, nothing, nothing can get in the way of you and me and Forrest today because that's what I live for. And that will be the same way in Dublin. I don't think you could have ended that on a higher note, honestly, Gino. Today has been fantastic. I've enjoyed every single minute of our conversation. I'm so, so grateful for you to have taken the time to speak with me and uh, share all of these insights with the the Forest FM community. I feel like we could have gone on for many more hours. Let's do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it again. And I'll see you in Dublin. We can chat then as well. Uh, Maybe record another little something there. And uh, But yeah, thank you so much for spending the time. Thank you so much for uh, sharing so openly. Zoe, thank you. And thank you, everyone that has an opportunity to listen. And please do me a favor. If you do listen to the podcast and you are coming to Dublin, please shoot me a quick email and tell me what you'd like me to talk about. My email is real simple. It's Gino, G-E-N-O, at GinoStampora.com. That's like postage stamp, O-R-A, stampora.com. I'd love to hear from you. Zoe, you are amazing. It's such a pleasure. I can't wait to do it again. And uh, I thank you so much for this time this morning. Thank you so much. And I'll add your email to uh, the show notes so that people can reach out to you directly. Wonderful. Thank you so much. 
From Sunday 8th of January to Monday 9th of January 2023, Forest will be hosting the highly anticipated 7th edition of its flagship event in Dublin, the Salon Owner Summit. Positioned as one of Europe's leading hair, beauty and clinic business growth events, over 700 salon owners are expected to fly in to attend the Thought Leadership event. Speakers announced to date include entrepreneur and author Liz Earl MBE, Chief Product Officer of Forest Salon Software Patty Monaghan, renowned U.S. industry expert and salon business consultant Gino Stampora, manifesting expert and self-development coach Roxy Nafusi, as well as salon educator, stylist, and social media guru Sophia Hilton. The Salon Owners Summit is designed as an inspirational and educational platform, offering salon owners a two-day conference full of education, inspirational speakers, product updates, and workshops. Born with a salon owner in mind, it has been designed to give you the tools to tackle the year ahead while soaking up the incredible atmosphere of salon owners all over the world. You can get your tickets today by visiting salonownersummit.com forward slash get hyphen tickets. You can email us at salonsummit at forest.com. You can also request a call back through the link in the show notes, or you can also give us a call and we'll be happy to help. Thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show and check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.